You are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. But I want to talk to you for a little while this morning before we go, and I believe that God's given me a good word to share with you. I was in a uh, department of motor vehicles not long ago, and I was getting a license plate for a car. And, and I really wasn't paying a lot of attention about what was going on. There wasn't a lot of people in there at that time. And I'm up at the counter and this lady is getting everything, you know, together for me. And I'm paying attention actually to my phone. But just down the counter a ways, I heard one of the employees say in what I thought was an unusually loud voice, may I help you? And then I hear the voice of an elderly lady respond, We would like a marriage license, please. And at that point, everybody in the place kind of looks down. And here's this elderly lady holding on to the arm of this man. And if I were going to guess their ages, I would say probably at least, at least in their mid-80s. Just kind of a, kind of a neat thing to see. And so the lady explained that this is not where you get a marriage license and told them where she could get that. But but as they were walking out, they kind of said hi to everybody that was in there, and we all kind of smiled at them. And and the lady who was waiting on me turns to the employee beside her and says, maybe there's still hope for me. <laughs> we all kind of laughed. What, what made it really special was it was in the winter season of their lives that they were getting married. Kind of a neat, kind of a neat story. I, I loved, I loved, I loved being there and seeing it. There was a lady in my church named Juanita. Her husband was Rollin. Back a few years ago, they both passed away now. But they were going into a grocery store and Juanita was holding to Rollin's arm as they were walking along. And a lady was coming out of the store and said, Hey, I'm sorry, but can I just stop you for a minute to tell you it's great to see like an older couple like you still in love, still holding on to each other. And Juanita said, Honey, it's not about love. I can't walk. He can't see. We're just trying to get in the grocery store. <laughs> Felipe is right over here. What a what a, a great guy. Felipe is from Brazil. He's attending Southern Nazarene University this fall, and he's also been attending the church. And you saw him on the keyboard. He's been playing us playing for us a lot in second service. Felipe's breakfast was a couple of weeks ago, and his father Mario was in town. And I got to go to breakfast with Mario, who is a Nazarene pastor in Brazil, and Felipe. And while we're eating, Mario takes out a book and he starts writing something in the book. And he says, Pastor Rick, this is a book that I wrote. I want to give it to you and your wife. And he had written us a nice greeting in it. And the title of the book was The Seasons of Our Life. And so Mario talks about two Greek words. One is chronos which really measures linear time. Do you know what I mean by that? We talked about a picnic at 5 o'clock today. It'll be done at 8 o'clock. That's chronos. That's measuring time. And so we all have seasons, Mario says, in our lives chronologically. And so we begin in the spring season of life. That probably goes up in my mind to you're about 22 or so. It's kind of a time of growing and preparation and all of those kinds of things. And then comes the summer season of life. And in the summer, you're kind of raising kids and building a career. It's the work season of life. How many of you, maybe that goes up till maybe your early 50s. How many of you are in the summer season of your life right now? There's 
a few in this room. How many of you would be in the spring? I'm not yet 22, Rick. That would be a lot of you guys in the room. And, and then the fall comes along and, you know, it's a slower time. The kids start moving out of the house. Life is a little more peaceful. Did I mention the kids start moving out of the house? The leaves start to fall from the trees and the hair starts to fall from your head. In fact, in that season of your life, a lot of things start to fall, doesn't it? Gravity just starts taking over. And I'm not for sure when the fall is completely finished, but somewhere winter sets in. Winter is harsh. And winter is cold. I can't tell you how many older people have said to me, Pastor Rick, getting old is really hard. It's difficult when you start losing the ability to see or hear or even get around. Winter time is hard. But, but Mario talks about another word, karios, that we find in the Greek New Testament. And we translate it time as well. But it's more about a season of your life or a situation in your life, a block of time. And sometimes you go through really hard seasons of life. Sometimes there's seasons of pain. And sometimes there's seasons of suffering. And there's sometimes seasons of discouragement. And sometimes there's seasons of celebration. And there's sometimes seasons when you say life couldn't get any better than it is. And so I find myself saying to people who are going through hard seasons of their life, difficult seasons, just hang on. It's not always going to be this way. It's going to change, okay? This is a season, and this season is going to be gone one day. And sometimes when people are going through a really great season of their lives, I say to them, hey, just hang on. It always won't be this way, okay? It's probably going to change, unfortunately. Seasons come and seasons go. And sometimes in those difficult seasons of our lives, God comes. And He delivers us from the difficult season. Let me, let me share a story in the Scripture with you about God delivering people from a difficult season in their lives. So if you want to grab a Bible, I'm in Exodus and I'm in chapter 19 and I'm starting with verse 1. Exodus 19 verse 1. Here we go. Let me share the Word of God with you. You ready? In the third month after the Israelites left Egypt. Now we're learning a lot even though we're coming into the middle of a conversation. In the third month after the Israelites left Egypt. Israelites first went to Egypt, and it was a good thing. There was a drought. They had no food. And in Egypt, they got food. But being in Egypt became a difficult thing because they became slaves to the Egyptians. And so after three months of leaving Egypt and leaving slavery, on the very day, they came to the desert of Sinai. After they set out from Rephidim, they entered the desert of Sinai, and Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. So they're camped in front of Mount Sinai. And then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, Moses, this is what I want you to say 
to the house of Jacob. Now, you remember Jacob was the guy who had 12 sons, but he was also referred to as Israel. And so his descendants were called the people of Israel. You remember that? And so here's what happens. This is what you're to say to the house of Jacob and what you're to tell the people of Israel. That's why they're called the people of Israel, because Jacob was also known as Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt. And he's talking about the plagues and how I carried you. I love these words. And these are the words we're going to talk about today, okay? And how I carried you on eagles' wings. And I just want you to let that sink in a little bit. God says, how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. And although the whole earth is mine, God says, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. Let me tell you a story. There was a father who had four sons. And he sends all four sons on a journey to look at a tree, a pear tree. But he doesn't send them at the same time. The youngest son he sends in the winter. And he comes back and he says, I don't know why you sent me to see that tree. It's ugly, it's twisted, and it's bent. The second son he sends in the spring of the year. And he comes back and he says, I don't, I don't know why you felt the way you did about the tree. Uh, to me, the tree was budding and it was full of promise. The third son he sends in the summer. And he comes back and he says, I didn't see what you saw at all. The tree that I saw was full of blossoms. It might be the most graceful thing I've ever seen in my life. It smelled beautiful. And the fourth son he sends in the winter. And he comes back and he says, obviously, I didn't see the same tree because the tree that I saw was dropping with fruit and it was full of life and promise. And the father says, you were all right because you saw the same tree, but in different seasons of the year. And so he says to them, don't judge your life by one season. And don't let the pain of one season in your life rob you of the joy of the rest of your life. See, I think think that there's some people here this morning who really needs to hear those words. And maybe you've gone through a tough season because you were just the victim of, you know, circumstances and your life has been hard. And, and maybe you've gone through a tough season because you made bad choices. Maybe you've gone through a bad season because of sin in your own life. Listen to me closely. You can't judge your whole life based on one season. And every time that I'm in a difficult season of my life, I just say, hold on, Rick, hold steady, okay? Because God is in your life, and God is working in your life, and this season is not going to last forever. 
This season is one day going to pass. And life is going to be very different for me. Do you, do you remember how the, how the Israelites got to Egypt? Do you remember that story? Let me just summarize that for you real quick, okay? You remember this guy, Jacob, who was also called Israel, and therefore his descendants are called the people of what? Israel. He had 12 sons, and one of them he loved a lot. Do you remember which son he loved so much? Anybody? Joseph was his name, and he bought him a very special gift. It was a coat, and there was something unique about the coat. Do you remember what that was? It was very colorful. He didn't buy his other sons a coat like that. So they got jealous over a lot of things, and they finally sold their brother into slavery. And so Joseph begins a very difficult season of his life. Not only does he live in slavery, he's later in prison. People promise to do things they forgot to do. His life is difficult. It's hard. It's a tough life. But finally, God delivers Joseph from this difficult season of his life. And he becomes second in charge to the Pharaoh of Egypt, the king. He's not even an Egyptian. But God revealed to him that there was going to be a famine. And so the king lets him begin to store food. And everybody does what he commands. And then Joseph's brothers become hungry because they have no food to eat. And Jacob, their father, sends them to Egypt to try to buy food. It's a long story, but they're reunited with Joseph again. He and his family and his father. And the people who are Israelites are treated good in Egypt. And they're given this land called Goshen to live in. And they got all the food they need to eat. Life is good. But eventually Joseph becomes old and he he dies. And Pharaoh becomes old and he dies. And there are other Pharaohs that take charge. And the Bible says that that Pharaoh did not remember Joseph. He scratches his head one day and he says, my goodness, look at how many Israelites they are. They just keep multiplying. He tries to somehow control their population of how many babies they can have. They make them slaves. They are beaten with whips. They live under forced labor. It's a difficult season for the nation of Israel. Life is hard. And God delivers them. And he says to them here, it's like I, I came in and I carried them out on eagle's wings. And I delivered them from a difficult season of their lives. Now, the, the, the word eagle, you, you find 29 times in the Old Testament, and every time it's used in the form of analogy. And probably the, the verse that's most familiar to us is Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 40, where it says, Those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up their wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Eagle is something we understand as Americans. It's, it's our national bird. It's on our national seal. I don't know a lot about eagles, so I did a little bit of reading, and I I learned that an eagle only weighs 10 pounds, a male eagle, but his wingspan is six feet wide. So this right here is about four feet. That's about what I can reach. And so if you go two feet wider, that's a male eagle. But however, a female eagle is 14 pounds, and her wingspan is twice this wide. Hers is eight feet. Can you imagine a bird with an eight feet wingspan weighing 14 pounds? 
You know what it feels like to ride in a car 70 miles an hour? You ever ridden in a car 100 miles an hour? Anybody willing to admit that they've ever ridden in a car 100 miles an hour? What would it be like to ride in a car 150 miles an hour? We're, we're beginning to move toward NASCAR now. I thought I would get a witness when I said NASCAR. Nobody interested in NASCAR in this room. An eagle can dive at the speed of 150 miles an hour to sneak up on its prey. At 150 miles an hour, you can sneak up on something. And so when God says to Moses, I delivered your people out of this difficult season of their lives, he said, I was like an eagle. I came diving in. The Egyptians did not know what hit them. And I carried you out on eagle's wings. Don't you love that picture? I love that picture. I think it's awesome. I was in my house yesterday. I was trying to get some stuff done. I get a text. And I remember I just responded quickly. I'm on my way. I put my phone back in my pocket. I grabbed a jacket and I headed out the door. I put an address in my GPS and I got over here just north of the church to the home of Thomas and Tori Seams. Tori had gotten a phone call just a little bit earlier saying, Tori, your father collapsed. Tori is the age of my daughter, Brittany, 24. Her father's the age of me. And then the next phone call was, Tori, we're sorry. Your father's gone. I knocked on the door and Thomas opened the door. They had suitcases out there packing. They're throwing things in. They're crying. I said, I know you're trying to get out of town, but let me just pray with you. I put my arms around them. I held them. I prayed for them. I started to walk out the door and Tori said, Pastor Rick, today is birthday. I can't imagine what it's like to be in this season of life for them. They will look back for many years at, at this season and how, how difficult it was. Her sister is named Allie, and Allie is a student at SNU. And Allie and Thomas and Tori hopped in the car and they headed for Houston. They couldn't get a flight. They had to drive as hard as they could go to be with their mom. Let me just tell you something. There are times when our lives just encounter very difficult days. What, what, what do you do in times like those? And here's what the next few verses tell us. Obey God and keep His covenant. Rick, I'm going through a really hard time right now. What should I do? And God says, just obey me and keep our covenant. Rick, I'm going through a really great time right now. I mean, I got the world by the tail. Life couldn't be better. What should I do? Obey God and keep His covenant. And there are times when God just comes into my situation and He just carries me out of there. 
And there are times when God comes into my situation and He doesn't change my situation, He changes me. You understand the covenant? I'll be your God, you be my people. You always have God with you. The seasons come and go. I want to give you hope this morning. I want to look in your eye and say to you that life is not always going to be this way. If you're going through a tough time, it's going to change. This is a season. It's not always going to be like this. But God is going to walk with you through that time. I, I, I was in the most difficult time of my adult life, and I'm, I'm about to wrap up here. Let me just finish with these words, and then I'm going to have some folks come and help me, okay? I was, I was struggling with two things in my life, and it was the most difficult season of my life. I remember going to lunch with people, and they were talking, and I was barely hearing what they were saying. I was so consumed with concern, and I hate to say that I was worried, but I was worried about somebody that I love so much, and I was just a mess. I was just struggling. And it lasted for several months. I went to my church one day to be a part of a funeral, and the lady who was being buried had sung in a choir for years and years, but now all the people in the choir were elderly, but they were going to sing at her funeral. And so I asked my friend Ted, who was in the choir, I said, Ted, how, how old are these people? He said, we're all in our 80s and 90s but mostly 90s. They came up in the front of the church and they only stood on the front two steps. They didn't have any interest in traveling any higher than that. And I remember when they started singing that song. It was a song I wasn't familiar with. I'd heard it before, but I didn't know the song. He will raise you up on eagle's wings. Bear you on the breath of dawn. Make you to shine like the sun. And hold you in the palm of his hand. You guys ready? Where are you? I'm looking for you. I wanted you to hear the song. And so I kind of went to the other end of the age bracket, I guess. And I found some help this morning. And I thought it'd be great if they sung these words for you. And so would you just bow your heads with me for a moment? Father, I pray that you will speak to us by the power of your Holy Spirit through these beautiful little voices. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You understand that our altars are open here. And so if you find yourself in a really difficult season of life and you just want to come and pray, I sure hope you feel the freedom to do so. Some of my most memorable moments in my life is when God's people came around me, laid a hand on my shoulder and prayed for me. And so while they're singing, if you want to come and pray today, you, I think, know that you're very welcome and you should feel comfortable to do that. God bless you guys as you sing for us. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.